Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, Ministry of Greater Worship Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Apostle Robert Enos. Here we will talk about doctrine and theology, politics, social and cultural issues, and how the church is to respond and face these issues. Get ready for a large dose of truth and get ready to have your tables flipped. As a friend just told me recently, Table Flippers is flipping awesome. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. This is your host, Robert Enos, Apostle of Greater Works Christian Church. Today, we have an exciting podcast episode for you, one that I hope will get you thinking, one that I hope actually will make help you to make, I should say, some life changes, because this is extremely important. And what I'm going to talk to you about is what we've come to know as end-time theology or eschatology. But I'm not going to talk to you about it from the way most of your pastors have talked to you about it, because I'm just going to be bold in this, okay? This is, might get me in trouble, but I don't care. You've been lied to. We, in the body of Christ, have been lied to with false doctrine as it pertains to what we call the end time, end time uh, theology or eschatology. We all have been lied to. Now, before I get into this, I want to share something with you, a little bit of my own personal background. I went to Bible college and did very well. I got really good grades. And one of the classes that we took, we had to take at this particular Bible college, was on eschatology, end time theology. And we read the books, we went through the articles, we went through the scriptures and such, but the scriptures that we went to were based upon uh, books and articles and things that other people wrote, and that's important. To understand, and you'll see why as I talk about this. I, early on in my Christianity, I was a big end-time theology guy. I thought we were at the end. You know, it could be literally any day now. So instead of preparing for the future, let's just get people saved now. Let's get into this now. And, you know, even back then, there was this song that was really popular. Um, I believe it was Crystal Lewis that used to sing it, but people get ready. Jesus is coming. Soon we'll be going home. And we would listen to those kinds of songs. We would study this. We would preach it. We'd try to go out on the streets to get people saved so they wouldn't miss the uh, this uh, rapture that's coming and not got, get caught up with Antichrist. And so many years went by. You know, I'm 56 years old, and I've been hearing about the imminent end times for the last 50 years of my life. And I know it went on even before that, but 50 years of my life, I've been hearing how you just got to be ready. Jesus is coming back any second now. You don't want to be left behind. As a matter of fact, there was even a series called That Left Behind about people that got left behind. And I did something extremely dangerous, ladies and gentlemen. I did something extremely... Uh, you know, fringe and strange and weird and actually dangerous. I actually put away those books, those tapes, the TV series, the videos, and I just simply read the Bible. I picked up the Word of God and I read the Bible. And I started to see something in the Bible that wasn't necessarily in the books and or the books and the writers and the opinionators were getting it wrong in many areas which i started finding this on my own again this is very dangerous for us to read the bible and actually believe what the bible says over what other people say about the bible so it led me on a quest a quest to find out the truth to put that aside you know, all those other books and articles and tapes and series and all of that, 
and just go to the Bible, the Word of God. I, I, and things started unfolding for me just by reading the God prayerfully that nobody taught me before. But it also, uh, my curiosity and was piqued because I love the Word of God and I love to dive into the Word of God. So I started researching this on my own down different, you know, if you will, bunny trails uh, on my own. And I literally found out that what we were being taught was at best a lie. And now please don't misunderstand because many of you people are being either teaching this yourself or been taught this by your favorite pastor, preacher, uh, your favorite writer, and you're t you're getting this from them, and but you've been holding on to it as if it's 100% truth, and you haven't really been searching the scriptures. Now, when I say search the scriptures, I'm not talking about just read the verse that they quote, but read the entire passage leading up to that verse and the entire passage after that verse, and you start seeing something unfold that's far different than what we're being told. And I want to talk to you about that today. I want to talk to you about several, uh, an article, and I will put the links to these articles in the um, in the description portion of the podcast so you can click on them and go look at them cut and paste whatever you need to do and go find these yourself i'm not making this up something i'm reading and i want to start with an article that i found and this was written by a woman michelle a vu vu a christian post reporter and this was actually written and and published in june 16th of 2011. so what is that 10 12 years ago almost uh, 11 years ago, 12 years ago almost. And I just want to read this. This is not very long, but she makes some points here. And she, what she's basically doing is reporting on a prophecy count, uh, conference. And it says this, I'll just read this, and I'm going to jump in and interject at different points, and I will do my best to tell you when I'm reading from the article and when I'm just, you know, giving my, op my op opinions. Anyways, mainstream Christian end-time theology subscribed to many by many respected evangelical leaders is wrong, said the president of the group behind the National Prophecy Conference. So this is the president of the group that's behind this National Prophecy Concert Conference. So he's not just some low-level guy that just comes out of the stick somewhere and says, oh, by the way, y'all are wrong. No, that's not what he did. This is somebody who knows what he's talking about, uh, well-educated, and somebody who is again, the president of this group behind the National Prophecy Conference. Let me finish this. At the opening session of the Prophecy Conference held in Ridgecrest, North Carolina earlier this month, Gary DeMar of American Vision laid out point after point why the popular dispensational premillennialism view is not supported by the Bible. I know that was a mouthful. He even called out by name several prominent evangelical leaders who adhere to this school of thought that have made wrong predictions. Now, before I finish reading this article, there's going to be some names of people that you probably will recognize. I'm just going to read them from the article. This is not necessarily me, per se, throwing these people under the bus. They're just in the article. I'm going to read the article. And if these people... Um, didn't put this out for the world to know, I wouldn't name their names. I wouldn't even read it off the article. But this is things that are published, things that have been said. These are things that are being preached from the pulpit. So they need to be addressed openly. <clears throat> Let's go on with this. When I point this out to people, some people are irate, meaning when he points out that these people are wrong. Some people are irate, said Damar. I can't believe that you are critiquing these men of God. Damar began 
his session titled, Why is Eschatology Important? By talking about Harold Camping's failed uh, May 21 rapture predictions. But the head of the American Vision stressed that while Camping has lost all credibility and is relegated to the dustbin of prophetic history, there are many modern-day prophecy theorists that continue to give wrong predictions about being reprimanded without being reprimanded. And quite frankly, ladies and gentlemen, that is something that has been bothering me for a long time. Why are there so many pastors and ministers and leaders and preachers in the body of Christ today that are giving these predictions about end time, like when Jesus is coming back, when the rapture is happening, all these things. It doesn't happen. None. They have all been failed. Do you realize that every prediction has failed? And yet people still keep buying their books listening to them and going to their churches and paying money to hear their failed predictions. Harold Camping was kind of like pushed pushed away because he, he not only made some predictions that failed, but he really put it out there and it was embarrassing. It was not only embarrassing for him, but it was embarrassing for the body of Christ. And so he has been pushed aside. And But there's many, many, many other people that are making predictions failed predictions, and yet we just keep buying their books. When I say we, not necessarily you and me, I certainly don't. As a matter of fact, when I started seeing all this thing in the world, I took all those end-time theology books that I had, and I had a ton of them, I just threw them in the trash because I realized they were all wrong. Why would I want to have wrong books on my shelf? Anyways, let me get back to this. It says, uh, remember, um, theorists that continue to give wrong predictions without being reprimanded. These modern-day Prophecy theorists subscribe to dispensational premillennialism, geez, that's a mouthful, which is the most popular prophecy system, he said. The dispensational view basically teaches that the nation of Israel is distinct from the Christian church and that God has yet to fulfill his promise to Israel. And the premillennialism part teaches that Jesus Christ will return before the tribulation and that Christians will be raptured up to heaven before the seven-year worldwide tribulation. And I think if you're all honest, you have all heard that, you've all been taught that at one point or another, and most of you, if not all of you, um, believe this to be true. But let's go on. <clears throat> what is important to understand about this school of thought is that its adherents believe God has stopped Israel's prophetic clock since Pentecost and has been dealing with the church. At an undetermined time in the future, however, the prophetic clock will start again for Israel. Supposedly, this position teaches that God can't deal with the church and Israel at the same time, remarked Damar. I never understood that position. He further commented, I find rather humorous how an everlasting covenant has a gap and a parenthesis for 2,000 years when Israel is not even dealt with by God. And I put in my little notes there. Very strange indeed. The end time theology is based on prophet Daniel's prophecy in Daniel 9 verses 24 through 27, which mentions the 70th week. Daniel was reading from the prophet Jeremiah earlier in, the, in chapter 9, where Jeremiah says the length of captivity is 70 years. But those who subscribe to dispensational premillennialism <laughs> believe there is a parenthesis or pause between the 29th and 70th weeks that has lasted nearly 2,000 years. Now, before I finish with this article, I might just try to walk in the other room and try to learn how to say pre-millennialism. There, I think I said it. But anyways, let's read real quick. Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. 
It says in verse 24, Matthew, uh, I'm sorry, Daniel 9, verse 24, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and sixty-two weeks. The street shall be built again and the wall, even in troublesome times. And after the sixty-two weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the Prince who is to come, shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with a flood, until the end of the war desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. In the middle of the week he, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the desolate. That, ladies and gentlemen, is Daniel 9, verses 24 through 27. And that's where many people get the uh, foundation of much of this, oh, let me see if I could say this, dispensational premillennialism. And if you notice something in there from reading it from the Bible, actually reading it from the Bible, not hearing it from some opinionator out there, but reading it from the Bible, there is no gap between the 69th week and the 70th week. It's not even hinted. It's not mentioned. There is no gap. And I think a 2,000-year gap would not be missed by God that somehow these opinionators have figured out what God couldn't figure out or misunderstood or forgot to mention. Isn't that interesting? I mean, isn't that strange? Anyways, let's go on with this article. So the prophetic clock for Israel has paused at the 69th week while God focuses on the church for a length of time. During the church age, according to the dispensationalist view, the church supersedes Israel. It is my contention that the 70 years of Jeremiah and captivity is our Rosetta Stone to determine how the 70 weeks work out contended Damar. There is no gap in the 70 years of captivity. There is no gap between 69 and 70 weeks. When the 70 weeks arrive, the rapture takes place and then the seven years of tribulation begins. But a big problem Damar sees with this system of thought besides the pause in Israel's prophetic clock that he finds no biblical support for is that he doesn't know when the covenant to Israel in the Old Testament will be fulfilled. If the prophetic clock starts again for Israel at the 70th week, and that is also beginning of the tribulation, then when will Israel live in a secure land of promise? You know, that I just want to interject again. That is interesting that most Bible teachers, preachers, scholars believe that the covenant with Israel in the sense of, okay, in the sense of uh, not the overall covenant, but just what they believe and teach that the the covenant with Israel as far as the sacrifices and the blood covenants and all that and the worship the temple worship of Israel is over and it's the church age now but then somewhere in the future God's going to pick up with the covenant of Israel again because it's an eternal covenant he just kind of put them on hold well that's nowhere in scripture ladies and gentlemen nowhere in scripture we're going to teach on that real soon anyways let's go on so so God has waited 
2,000 years, and this is what we've waited for, for Israel to finally go back to the land and fulfill the promises, and yet two out of every three Jews will be killed, said Damar. Remember, there's a tribulation, there's a lot of death, there's a lot of destruction. So he points out here, we waited these 2,000 years in this gap that's not mentioned in Scripture, not supported in Scripture. There's this 2,000-year prophetic gap. We waited. Now they went back into the land, or they're going into the land, just to kill two out of three of them. Anyways, so if you know this, why aren't you telling Jews to get out of Israel? Why are you telling them to go to Israel? Great point. Wouldn't it be our job to warn them of the doom that's coming? If you knew that for every, say, um, thousand people that goes into the land of Israel, what is that three? About 600 of them, maybe even more, but two out of three, yes, 600 of them a little bit more than 600 of them are going to die, are going to be killed, going to be slaughtered. Why would you tell them to get back into the Israel? Why would you tell them to go back to that? Why? And if you know, let's think about this for just a minute. If you know that is what sets off what we know as end time and all the destruction and all the murders and all the killing and all the beheading and Antichrist coming on the scene, why would you want them to go back to Israel? Anyways. He stressed that during the period when the church supersedes Israel, no prophecy can be fulfilled. Hmm. You can't make this system work. He says this. You can't make this system work. You can't put gaps where none are actually specified. And this is exactly what they do all the way throughout this, especially in Daniel 9. He criticized. They find all sorts of things in Daniel 9, 24 through 27. They find the Antichrist there. They find the covenant with the Jews. They find him breaking the covenant. They find all these things, rebuilding the temple and so forth. I'm sorry, but none of that is there, end quote. DeMar continued, there is no verse in the New Testament that says anything about a rebuilt temple. Revelation 20 doesn't say that Jesus will reign over the earth during that thousand years. It really doesn't describe a millennium. Read it. It just doesn't say all those things. Where are all these fulfillments? Where are all these verses for these things? And this is the problem that this particular system has. The American Vision president who earned his Master of Divinity at Reformed Theological Seminary also rejects the popular notion of using the reestablishment of the nation of Israel as being a sure sign that the world is in the last days. If so many people have gotten it wrong, why has it become something of a standard of prophetic orthodoxy, he challenged. What's happening today is people aren't making these types of arguments anymore because it is, in fact, very embarrassing to them. Now, my little, th I throw this in here. I, I want to say this. Fear sells. I'm just curious how many millions, how many thousands, how many millions of dollars have been made on all these end-time materials left behind series um all of these books and writings and articles and videos and and the, all this production on on uh, the end times i wonder how much money has been circulated because of all these things and fear sells when you can make people afraid they will buy almost anything and they'll buy into almost anything and that's just the truth uh christian or non-christian and unfortunately i'm not going to say all this is the way I see it. There are some that are just charlatans and they're just making money hand over fist pushing this nonsense. And then you got some people that are just genuine. They, they have a heart for God and a heart for people and they hear it, they buy into it because they're made afraid and they just perpetuate a lie because they never really stopped long enough, took a deep breath and studied it out themselves in scripture and scripture only. Um, let me finish this and see if I can 
wrap this up. He named several well-known end-time date setters, including Left Behind author Tim LaHaye and senior pastor of Calvary Chapel in Costa Mesa, California, Chuck Smith. LaHaye, in the first edition of his 1972 book, The Beginning of the End, contended that the key date related to Israel's new national status is November 2nd, 1917, on which day the Balfour Declaration was signed. The British government in the Balfour Declaration states that it favors establishing a nation for the Jewish people in Palestine. So LaHaye has said the prophetic clock for Israel uh, starts again in 1917, during World War I, pointed out to Mar. Then, the 1991 edition of The Beginning of the End, LaHaye changed the date without telling his readers by setting the year at 1948, the year Israel declared independence from British mandate for Palestine. And this is the date that I have heard used most often, uh, 1948. <clears throat> he goes on to say, But no one says anything about LaHaye in making predictions like that, stressed DeMar. Then there is highly respected Pastor Smith who wrote in his 1978 book, End Times, if I understand scripture correctly, I believe that the generation of 1948 is the last generation. I believe the Lord could come back for his church any time before the tribulation starts, which would mean any time before 1981. Now, this is supposed to be uh, Chuck Smith writing this in his book entitled End Time. So just so you have this perspective, ladies and gentlemen, Biblically speaking, a generation is 40 years. Remember, there's the 40 years in the wilderness as that generation died out. So, biblically speaking, a generation is 40 years. So, if 1948 truly is that pivotal year that what we call end time starts, and all of those things are supposed to be worked out in that generation, everything should have been settled by 1988, 40 years. We're far beyond that, far beyond that. And you would think that by missing it that big, that they would back off and say, I need to stay out of this because apparently I don't know what I'm doing, don't know what I'm saying. And, and apparently Chuck Smith said this, if I understand scripture correctly, well, I'm sorry, Brother Smith, and I know he's passed on, and I'm trying to be really um, key to that because I really appreciated what Chuck Smith did in other areas. But at least in this area, Pastor Chuck didn't understand Scripture correctly. He missed it. He missed it by a lot. We're far beyond that 40-year mark. And here it is, 2022, and we're going into 2023, far past the 1988 40-year generation mark. So that should tell you a lot about what these guys are doing and Tim LaHaye having to change the date because he missed it the first time. So let's just change it, not tell anybody. Well, and look at how many books have been sold. Look at how much money has been made off of false predictions, false predictions. And I don't want to have to point this out, but I think I need to point this out. If you keep giving a false prediction one time, maybe even two times, could be misunderstanding of scripture. It could be just something like, okay, I missed it. I didn't mean to. I'm not purposely lying. But when you keep missing it and keep changing the date and keep missing it and changing the date, at what point do you go from just somebody who is, has a simple misunderstanding to a liar, to a deceiver? I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm asking you this question because, because every preacher of end-time theology that's made a prediction that has come and gone has failed. And at what point are we, the body of Christ, going to say, wake up and say, hey, listen, guys, enough is enough. You have been lying to us. If it was just one or two, or if it was uh, <clears throat> like this gentleman, uh, Harold Camping, 
okay, he missed it. No big deal in just in that in that regard, in that sense. But I've been around, like I said, I've been hearing this for uh, 50 years at least, and I've heard prediction fail, prediction fail, prediction fail over and over and over again. And it seems like anytime something major uh, bad, something negative in the world, whether it be a war, a sickness, disease, a hurricane, you know, a bad leader in, in the country, especially the United States. When something comes up, people start pointing at that, go, oh, look at that big hurricane. This is the end time. Oh, look at that disease, end time. Oh, look at COVID-19. This is the end time. Oh, look at, and I remember this with, um, I really remember this with Clinton. Oh, look at Clinton. Um, the end time, he's the Antichrist. Oh, look at Bush, he's the Antichrist, end time. Oh, look at Obama, uh, he's the Antichrist, end time. You know, and it just seems like every time there's a bad leader that pops up, especially in America, all of a sudden that's the Antichrist or somebody that's going to open the door for the Antichrist and we're in the end time. Hold on to your Cheerios because here we go. And honestly, it's been ridiculous, the whole thing. So let me get back to this. <clears throat> How he derived that number and that's the uh, 1948 and the 1981 number, speaking of uh, Chuck Smith, how he derived that number is the year 1948 plus 40 years equals 1988. The number 40 is the average years for generation, then minus the seven years of tribulation from 1988, and that gives 1981 as the rapture date. Do you see how he missed it with being an opinionator? DeMar claims... He has a recording of Chuck Smith telling his congregation gathered at Calvary Chapel on December 31, 1979, that the rapture would take place before the end of 1981. They've said some things here that are obvious wrong, obviously wrong, said the American Vision president. No matter how much you try to forge, cook, or trim evidence, these guys are wrong. So to be critical of Harold Camping is one thing, but these guys are still here still writing books, and still telling people we are living in the last days. They have very, very poor track record, he charged. American Vision, based in Powder Springs, Georgia, is an organization with the mission to restore America to its biblical foundation and to provide resources for Christian families and individuals to live biblically-based worldview. And again, that's just a three-page article. I'm going to leave the link so that you can get to it. But I want you to think about that, ladies and gentlemen. Why are we listening? And I'm going to ask, I'm asking you, you Christians, and especially you pastors. First, let me ask you pastors this. Why are you preaching and teaching a doctrine that has failed every time? It's, it's full of holes. It's full of failures. It's full of falsehood. It's full of the opinions of man. And it produces fear in the hearts of God's people, which by virtue of that and that alone tells you it's a false doctrine. Why? God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if if we preach something that causes God's people to be in fear, except for the fear of the Lord, which is a whole nother thing, but if people are afraid of Antichrist, afraid of what's coming, afraid that they're gonna you know, have their heads chopped up, afraid that they're gonna miss the rapture, afraid of all of these things, that by virtue of all that fear makes it a false doctrine. You need to understand this. So if you're preaching this stuff, you're preaching false doctrine. I'm just telling you, I'm just being honest with you. And you Christians, if you're going to a church where your pastor and the leadership are preaching this stuff to you, you're under false doctrine. You're under false doctrine, especially if your pastor is 
ever made any kind of prediction on any of these things that did not come to pass, that's false. <clears throat> Again, you can make a mistake. God's oh, he's very forgiving. But when we continually pursue something and make mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake, at some point, we all have to be honest with ourselves and say, okay, that's no longer just a mistake. Walking down the street and tripping over something and falling down, that's a mistake. That's an accident. But when you pursue something and you do it once, twice, three times, and you keep going, now you're a liar. And I would hate to think that any of my listeners are sitting under a lie and a deception and false doctrine. So I really want you, pastors especially, but those of you who claim to be Christian, you're going to church, are you hearing a lie? Are you giving a lie? Are you spreading a lie? It's time to push that stuff away. Get into the Word of God and find out what God says about this time frame and really what's to come. Because I'm telling you, it's much different than what we've been reading and what we've been hearing for years. Like I said, I've been hearing this for 50 plus years. Well, it's time to put the nonsense to rest once and for all, and it's time to rise above it. I'm going to speak more about this in the next few podcasts, but this was just a taste of what's to come. God bless. I hope you go and check out our merchandise page. We have hats, t-shirts, hoodies, and more. I just got in my own hat, and I've been wearing it, and I've been getting a lot of compliments on it. It's a fantastic hat. My daughter designed all of these, but we have hats, t-shirts, hoodies, and more, and if you go to tableflippers.com, that's tableflippers.com, and use freedom as your promo code, you'll get a discount. Fantastic stuff, beautiful stuff, and it'll help me, it'll help you. And together, we'll be flipping awesome. Thank you for joining us at Table Flippers Podcast. I'd really love to hear from you. Please look us up on the web at www.gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Or you can email me at gwccrobert at gmail.com. I'd really love to hear from you. Please let us know how we're doing. Keep all those comments coming. Until next time, you all have a great and a blessed day.